0: The Jet Spotlight, episode 36. Hey there, Yanni Lunga here from the Jet Spotlight podcast. I hope you're having a great day and thank you for being with me for giving me a moment of your time with this episode of the Jazz Spotlight Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I really appreciate it. I want to dive right away into today's content because this is such a great episode. But first, I have a question for you. Do you like when others talk about you? In a positive way, of course. Do you like when websites write about you and your music? Or if you run a festival? or a music venue, they write about your venue. And what about magazines? What about newspapers? Isn't it great when you get press coverage? I know, I know, maybe you're wondering, yeah, sure, it's great, but it's also difficult to get press coverage. And you know, if you're thinking about that, you're actually in the right place because the topic of this episode is how to write a press release and get press press coverage. So I'm really excited about that. and. This episode, is also very useful for you if you're an independent musician and you're wondering whether you should hire a publicist to take care of the PR side of music or if you should get your hands dirty and do that yourself. The guest of this episode is Ari Herstand, a Hollywood-based musician who in addition to playing great music, he's also a fantastic writer who writes about the business side of music on his blog Ari's Take and also for websites such as Digital Music News. So Ari and I talk about how you can write a press release, what you should include, what you should not include, how to get in contact with media, be it newspapers, websites, what to do when you don't hear back from them, because that's very important. And Ari is also going to share more tips about his own experience as a musician, including how he managed to get 250 people at the first CD release gig. And he's also going to share some tips on how to grow an email at your gigs. And speaking of that, I would like to point you to a post that I wrote about how you can grow an email list at your next gigs. And if you want to learn more about that, go to the slash email geeks and you will be redirected to the article that talks about that. And I also would like to point you to another article of a three-part series about geeks. The first part is what to do before you start to get geeks. And that's very important to you know if you're starting out or if you're planning your next gig if you want to learn more about that you can find it at thejetspotlight.com geeks before but don't worry if you miss the link don't worry don't pause the episode just head over to thejetspotlight.com episode 36 where you can find the links of those articles and all the great things ari and i talk about So here it is how to write a press release and get press with Ari Herstand. Enjoy. Hey everybody, I'm here with another sensational guest today. And if you are a musician, you should definitely listen to this episode because first of all you're gonna get plenty of value and second of all because you might be ending up following the footsteps of the guest. He's a singer songwriter from LA, now he's been living in California for a few years. And in addition to playing great music, he's also the voice of independent musicians online. Two years ago, he started a great blog called Take, where he writes about the music industry. And if you're looking for advice, pretty much about anything related to independent music, that's the place to go for. And today we're going to talk about how to write a press release, and how to get press. And I'm really excited. I can't wait to hear from him. It's with great pleasure that I welcome on the show, Ari Herstand. Hey, Ari, how's it going?
1: Hey, uh, good. It's actually Ari, but I'm going to let it slide because of your accent. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you, Ari. <laughs> Thank you, Ari.
1: <laughs> you know, this happens, it happens a lot of uh, with people um, because... They, we don't, we don't, I don't meet a lot of the readers and, and when you see my name online, it's just spelled A-R-I and a lot of people don't know how to pronounce it if they don't know many other Ari's, but, but yes. Uh So yeah, there you go. All right. No nope. problem. So it is, it's Ari's take after obviously the name.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ari'stake.com. And thank you for being with us. First question. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself?
1: Um, uh, yeah, I, I, um, so I'm 29, um, and I, uh, I grew up in uh, Wisconsin. For, for those of you who, who aren't familiar with uh, U.S. geography, it's uh, just north of Chicago. Um, and I went, to, I went to college in Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, where Prince is from and a lot of other great music. And I lived in Minneapolis for about seven years, and that's where I, where I got my music career started um, while I was kind of going to the University of Minnesota there. And, um, I was, uh, I, I went to, well, I first started as a, uh, a music, a classical music major with an emphasis on, on trumpet. I guess trumpet was my main instrument. Um, but while at the university of Minnesota, um, I mean, this is a, it's a gigantic school. It has 40,000 undergraduate students. And, um, I was, I was a music major, but they didn't have a jazz program there and I, they, they only had three jazz classes and it was jazz ensemble one, jazz ensemble two, and jazz ensemble three. And so I, I played it in one of the jazz ensembles, but, um, I actually had to take a bus, um, once a week, a 45 minute bus ride from, um, uh, my dorm. All the way across Minneapolis to take trumpet lessons, to take jazz trumpet lessons, uh, from Dave Jensen, who was Prince's trumpet player for, for 20 years. Um, so I was, I, I was very interested in jazz. Um, and I studied, uh, jazz trumpet with him for a bit, but then, um, and, and Dave was actually teaching at this other school across town. Um, it was a music industry school. It was a, a contemporary music industry school. And so after my first year at the University of Minnesota, I transferred over there. Um, to study music business uh, and songwriting. And I was still taking uh, tr- jazz trumpet lessons from from Dave. Um, and I was there uh, just for, I think it was three semesters. It was a, an associate's program. And I just wanted to get in and get out. And I learned uh, so much there. It was it kind of really what started uh, my appetite for the music industry. And, and really what it taught me that, um, if I have the knowledge and the understanding and the drive, uh, that I can succeed as an independent musician. Um, but I, but no one is going to do it for me that I, I have to do it myself. And so that's, uh, right when I, when I left college, um, I worked on my, my first, uh, CD and around that time I, for the, uh, two years that I had been in Minneapolis, I was, I was starting to perform around town, um, just a very little bit, uh, coffee shops here and there, uh, just acoustic guitar, vocal stuff. Um, and then kind of transitioned into bars and it, it started to grow a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, I, um, I, I really started building my, my fan base in Minneapolis, uh, very grassroots style. And I, um, kind of, yeah, built up, um, a pretty, pretty significant base, um, in the cities. And then I started touring around the region and then eventually I started touring the country and, uh, four years ago I, I moved out here to LA and I've, I've been here, um, kind of, uh, working it from this, uh, this angle ever since.
0: And there is, there is an interesting aspect about your musical career mm-hmm. when you had the gig for that, you know, the debut CD release. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because you've also written about that, about how you got 250 people to that concert. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, So, yeah, right around that uh, time, so I was uh, performing on campus. Uh, actually, the University of Minnesota campus is kind of where I, I started. And and what's always when, when I tell um, independent musicians and people looking to build a grassroots fan base um, you know, pick a niche, pick a market, pick a pick a target um, group of people that you want to promote to and bring to your concerts. And so, my niche at the time was just the college niche, and uh, I was kind of I was living, even though I I had left the University of Minnesota, I still had a pretty good network there because I went to school there for a year, um, and I was still living on campus, even though I was taking a bus uh, an hour away every day to go to this other school, but. Um, I was living on campus. And so that's where I really started playing most of my concerts and uh, right around that area. Um, So I was playing at the student union. I was playing at coffee shops and clubs. But for every show, um, I promoted it heavily on campus. And so I, for the first few shows, even though I, I, they were my first few concerts and I, I, you know, I didn't have any fans, um, I still, I printed up, uh, posters and I put them all over campus and I put them in coffee shops and I just, and I told everyone about it. And so my first coffee shop gig, um, I had about, I don't know, 30 some people there. Um, and from that very first gig, I, I got everyone's email. And so I, I knew that the email list was very important from day one. And so I was, um, I I got everyone's email in at every show. um, But every show that I played, no matter where it was, I really promoted it heavily. Mm -hmm. And so um, when it was time for my, my CD release, um, I, I kind of, I was, I was probably promoting all the shows um, at about 50%. um, And I was, you know, I'd print up some black and white uh, eight and a half by 11 flyers and I'd staple them up um, around town. And, um, but for my CD release, I got, um, 11 by 17 full color posters. I got a bunch of, uh, handbills, uh, printed up. I think like a thousand handbills. Um, I had, uh, little sampler demo or sampler CDs, um, from the release. And I got some friends to kind of be on my street team. We went all over campus and we handed out the flyers, handed out the demo CDs, put up these, um, beautiful, uh, full color posters everywhere. And so for people who had kind of been walking around, I think seeing my eight and a half by 11 black and white posters for the last, last year, they now saw these like full color posters that said CD release They're like, Oh, well I've been meaning to check out this RE guy. Um, what better time than, than this big event that, that he's having and the CD release. And it, and it, you know, it, it, I made it look very legitimate because it was, uh, you know, we had professional made, uh, professional made flyers and posters and I was handing out CDs. And so, yeah, so, uh, it was the, I, I got a, my, I set up my, my release show at the varsity theater in Minneapolis. And it's this, it's this beautiful club, this venue there. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a it's an 800 person venue um but it was I had no intentions of filling it at that point but it was still just starting to get off the ground and so I kind of got in I mean this venue had just opened about maybe less than a year prior and I kind of got in early with the owners and the club I lived a block from there and so I was just talking with them and they encouraged me to kind of have my release show there and so, so yeah, so, you know, we set up advanced tickets to the show and, and people were, were buying the tickets and, and there was a lot of buzz around campus about it. And, and yeah, the night of the show, um, there were 250 people that, that came out for it. And, and it, yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was great.
0: Man, an amazing story, but I have to, to tap more into your brain and ask you a couple of questions related also to that gig. What advice would you have for musicians who are about to, Uh, have for example a similar event like yours so a debut CD release Mm -hmm. what kind of advice would you have in term of promoting the the upcoming gig? Yeah I mean
1: so that was a a different time that was in 2005 so that was a good you know uh, nine years ago and uh, there was no back then there was no real Facebook um, as it was you know as it is today and, and there was no YouTube and there was no I mean, there was MySpace, but it wasn't what it was. It wasn't what it had turned into, and so it's a very different time now. So that—that's you know, I can romanticize kind of about those that early <laughs> early gig about kind of how uh, you know we just went around town, you know, passing out flyers. And the thing is, though, um, what a lot of musicians forget and and don't don't really think much about in the era of Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and Instagram is that physical promotion is still incredibly important and I still stand by getting posters up around town and flyers. And the thing is, is there's actually less competition now in terms of putting your posters up and handing flyers out and because no one's doing it anymore because everyone relies on Facebook ads almost solely or, or Facebook promotion. And, and that's, I think the biggest mistake that musicians make is they solely rely on Facebook to promote everything. And we've now kind of turned into this point where uh, we tune out promotions on, on Facebook. We tune out when musicians on Facebook are, you know, promoting whatever they have, because they always seem to be promoting something on Facebook. And so it's kind of, um, that that's not as an effective way anymore to promote what you're doing. I mean sure, I would never tell you to ignore Facebook like it's still it still can be a very very good tool, but you can't only use that and so that should be part of your marketing plan part of your promotional plan so yes, use Facebook, create Facebook events you know i I think the ads can be very effective if you target them very specifically for specific events um in terms of kind of like pushing ticket sales but At the same time, don't forget about getting physical posters up around town. There are still people who who exist in the physical world. Like, you know, people walk around the city. People go to coffee shops. People go to bars. And the thing is, is having one interaction with someone, a physical interaction in person, is more effective than a thousand Facebook posts, messages, uh, comments, whatever, that one interaction you have with someone. So think about that when you're promoting something, go out into the physical world, make up some flyers, meet people face to face and talk to them about your show and hand them a flyer. If they have that personal interaction with you and and be very personal about it, be, you know, don't, don't be spammy. Don't be like a strip club promoter and just hand out flyers, you know, as people are walking down the street, Hey, great thing, whatever, (laughs) you know, be very uh, intentional about it. And so when you're talking to somebody, you know, don't start right off the bat with, hey, I'm playing a show. You should come meet them. Or if it's a friend, talk to them. How are they doing? You know, spend some time with them. We have a five minute conversation if you're at a party with them. And then at the end of the conversation, you can be like, oh, and by," or inevitably it'll come up that you're a musician. And then they'll probably ask you, oh, do you play around town? And like, Oh, actually, yeah, I'm, I'm having a, a release show. I'm having a big show here. Uh, here, uh I, I have a flyer right here, actually, you know? And so, <laughs> so like have, have it come up organically and naturally. And it will, if, if, you know, they're, uh, you'll, they're talking about themselves and they're going to ask you about your, yourself and then it, you come out. So, I mean, honestly, having those physical interactions with people is incredibly effective and having the handbills, the flyers, something to hand to them so they can remember that's incredibly important. You know, still having a street team or if you don't have fans, then just get some friends, you know, and, and go out um, a week or two, like I will actually I'd say maybe start like a month before the show and then go out again 2 weeks before the show and go out one night and and put up some posters at the hot spots around town the high traffic areas um and you'll see that you know there aren't as many posters as there were ten years ago because people aren't doing it anymore, and um, so so that's that's kind of you know I, I think um, when you're going to promote promote a big event you want to hit it from all angles and Facebook is definitely one angle but physical promotion posters handbills that's another angle as well um, and and then you know there's a there's a bunch of other ways that you can get creative and promote the shows as well but those are kind of the big ones.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it and and you had a very good point when you talked about the posters, especially that you know less and less people are are doing that, so you should go for it and take advantage. I really like that and another question related to promoting a gig uh, is this on episode twenty nine uh, with Dave Kuzak, we talked about music business and the new artist model, and he mentioned how musicians can leverage newsletters or their email lists to get gigs so basically when you approach promoters you can say hey i have on my email list i have for example 200 people that live in a 20 miles radius from here so i i might be able to you know get people through the door so my question to you is this if if a musician want to start an email list what what is the you know what is your tip for starting an email list
1: well i think um yes grabbing um zip codes postal codes Is uh, if if you're planning on touring, that absolutely should go into collecting email lists. A lot of bands um, ignore the zip code when they're collecting emails, and then they have you know a list of 2,000 emails, but they have no idea where any of these people are. So (laughs) it's it's really important if you want to be a touring musician to understand where your fans are. And and yes, I mean whenever I'm on tour uh, in advance of the show, I always send out one specific email to people right within, you know, 50 miles of the city that I'm playing and the email provider that I use. And a lot of email providers uh, do this. Um, I can just type in a zip code and say, send it to everyone within 50 miles of the zip code and they get it. And so um, I think, you know, when you start an email list, don't forget about the zip code, uh, the, the you know the postal code. And that's, you know, really all you need necessarily. But um, yeah, I mean, I would say, Every gig that you play, have a clipboard and tie a pen to that clipboard. So no one steals your pen because that's happened to me many, many times. <laughs> um, so tie a pen to the clipboard and pass it around. And even at your small, I mean, I should say, especially at your smallest gigs, if there's 15 people there, if there are 20 people there, you know, those 20 people are going to have a very, I would say, a deep connection with you because you're all in it together. It's just 20 21, 24, depending on who people are in the band, in that room together, and they're all sharing in this experience. So pass the clipboard around, say over the microphone, please sign our email list, and I would give them an incentive that, uh, once they sign up, you know, they can get a song emailed to them. That, that's always, a, that's always a good thing to have is, is, um, and most email providers will, will allow you to do this is, is when you import a, a email name, um, they'll get an automatic uh, email response with a, with a song in there that they can download. So, you know, pass the clipboard around. I, honestly, the gigs where I have fewer people, I get more email signups because, you know, we get, we can actually pass the clipboard around. So when I'm playing to 25 people, I can get 25 names on that email list. If I'm playing to 200 people, I usually just uh, set the, the clipboard up by the merch table and maybe get like 10 signups or something like that.
0: Yeah, I, I like it. And I've actually written a, a post about about this, how to grow an email list at your next gig. So if you want to learn more about it, you can just go to the jetspotlightcom slash blog and you will find it there. It's one of the of the latest posts. And there is also this this idea of having a board where people can actually write their, their email and their name. I think it's a great idea. And you're you're right. So many great articles on on places like Digital Music News and on your Ristake. Did, did I pronounce it correctly this time? Correct. <laughs> Ristake <Yep>. dot <laughs> com. And among the articles, there was one where you talked about how to write a press release and get press. And this is what we're gonna talk about in this episode. My first question to you concerning this topic is: you know, many of the listeners are musicians, and maybe they they haven't had any press coverage. So how can, what is the first thing they should think about in, in, in order to get some, some press coverage?
1: Sure. Well, you want to think about why you want press, meaning you need an event. You need, you need a reason to contact, um, to contact media. Just having a CD out is not a reason you know, just playing a Wednesday night gig at your local club is not a reason. So no, no reviewer, no um, music editor, no music reviewer, no bloggers going to care to write about that. So when you contact media outlets, when you contact press and TV or radio or blogs or anything like that, you need to give them a reason to write about you. Why is your event? And it has to be an event. So you can't just ask for an album review. And I think this is This is the thing that most musicians don't realize is that they're not you're not going to get album reviews. It's heartbreaking. I know I'm a musician. I would love everyone to listen to my album five times through and analyze the lyrics on track seven and talk about the drumming on, you know, the the cool syncopation on track six and talk about the guitar tones on, you know, that's not going to happen. So you can, we can continue to live in this fantasy world where reviewers are going to do that, but it's not going to happen. And so, cause album reviews are boring to read by the average person. No one, and, and even if you read an album review in, you know, Rolling Stone or, or the few publications that are still putting out album reviews, which there aren't that many, you know, they, they actually don't spend that much time talking about the music. So you, we just have to accept that you're not going to get a music review, an album review from 99% of publications that exist out there. So that being said, now why do you want press? And, you know, a lot of people can't can't actually answer that question. It's like, well, why why do you want an article? Why do you want some press? It's like, well, I'll sell more albums. It's like, well, no, because they're not going to review your CD. Now do you, why do you want press? Well, it'll help, you know, Uh, My notoriety will help uh, bring people to the show. It's like, okay, but now make their job easy for them. So if you want to promote an event, if you want to promote a show, make it an event, turn it into an event, make the reviewer's job easy. Why should they write about your event versus every other event that's happening in town that night? What makes your event special? Is it a CD release? Okay, that's now you're, you know, you have one leg up from every other band that just has a regular, normal Thursday night gig. But what else makes this, you know, make your CD release special. Team up with a charity. Um, you know, a charity that that makes sense to you, that that you feel passionately about. Team up with them and turn that into an event and say, you know, what this event's going to be. Is sure it's your CD release, but you teamed up with this charity because this makes um sense to you, you're raising awareness, you're gonna be collecting you know, cans of food, you can eat something. And, uh, you know, that's one leg up. Uh, if you can get a local sponsor to be a part of that, that gives you another leg up because then they have an interest in, in raising awareness for this event and they can get some press. Um, you know, in the past I've teamed up with, uh, like local wine companies that they're, you know, and, and you basically cross promote. It's like the wine company wanted to, uh, target, wanted to hit my audience. And I, Uh, And they agreed to kind of just print up the posters and and contact some of their media contacts. And it was, you know, it was a great partnership. And so um, when you're contacting press, think about why is your event more important and more special than every other event that's happening in town that week? And why should they write about you? And then once you're thinking about it through that lens, then you can start to craft the press release in the way that makes sense that will get you some press.
0: Ari, you rock. I really like the the idea of partnering up with a with a with a non-profit or with a local sponsor. I think it's a, it's a very interesting point that you brought up of, you know, creating a win-win situation where everyone Get, gets value out of it and can help one another. It's something, if you're listening to, to Ari and myself, this is a very good tip and I want you to think about it because I, I really like it. I, I agree with you and thank you for bringing that up. And, and obviously when it comes to, you know, to PR, there usually there are two options are uh, whether uh, you go independent or you hire a publicist. Mm-hmm. If a musician decides to get his or her, her hands dirty and do everything by himself or herself, what is the the structure of a press release? What should be on a press release? And maybe what shouldn't necessarily be on a press release?
1: Sure. So before I touch on that, I just want to, um, there, are, there are a lot of musicians out there who just say they want to hire a publicist and they don't want to get their hands dirty. They don't want to do any of their press outreach. And I want to stop you right there because publicists, um, first off, they charge an arm and a leg for what they're doing. They charge, I mean, publicists, at least in the States, the minimum, bare, bare minimum of what you would spend if you want to hire a publicist is $500 a month. Usually most of them work on a three to four month campaign, but that's, I mean, that's like the bare minimum. Most publicists, I'd say average, are are charging $2,000 a month. So, and that's a month. That's not like an article. That's not, you know, and it doesn't guarantee you anything. So when you're looking at publicists, you just, you should understand what publicists are. They don't guarantee you press. They say, hey, I'll, you know, I'll take you on if you're going to pay me $2,000 a month and I'll do my best to get you press. But I want to tell you a story. Um, I went on tour with this artist a few years ago. Um, a pretty well-known artist. Uh, he had a good fan base. I was a support act. And, you know, we were playing pretty decent sized rooms all over the country. And, and, um, he had some incredible internet success and, uh, millions and millions of plays and views online and stuff like that. And he was, he was a very legitimate artist. He hired a publicist for $4,000 a month. It was one of the biggest publicists in the country. We had all these contacts, promised him to get on all the, the talk shows, late night TV shows, the morning shows, a bunch of press. He got four articles <laughs> for this, for a 60 date tour. That's six zero. We played 60 shows around the country and he got four newspaper articles. And it was a, I believe a three month campaign. So that's $12,000 that he spent for three or four, I think four newspaper articles uh, previewing the shows, no TV spots that they promised, no radio that he promised. So, you know, think about that when you're going into looking for publicists is that, and, you know, I would say one of the main reasons why no one wrote about this and why no one, you didn't get on TV shows is he didn't have the story. It's like, okay, you know, he's getting a lot of plays online. That's awesome. But like, what's the angle, what's the story, you know? So, all right, getting back to what you asked before about the press release. Yes, I would absolutely recommend every musician just don't even worry about publicists until you need one until you absolutely like things are really happening for you then you can look into publicists and when you have a lot of money that's when you can look into publicists but for the time being you can do all the press outreach on your own especially if you're going on tour and going on tour i would argue is the easiest way to get press is by showing up into a new city, and just the fact that you're a touring band can probably get you maybe a couple paragraphs in the weekly newspaper or the blog, especially if it's a smaller town. So, um, when you send out a press release, you want to start off with basically an in, in opening paragraph that that just introduces who you are and and maybe hits a couple points. It's just like you know, find out who the who the music editor is, who the person you're contacting, just you know. Hey, Jan, uh, I'm the manager of this band, or I'm the guitarist of this band. We're, we're coming through. Um, this is, you know, and include a, a couple key points, a couple key accolades that, that would be nice, but it's like two sentences. The, the opening, the opening paragraph is, is two sentences, it's just who you are. You're playing, you know, playing this venue in your city. We had the song featured on this TV show last month. Uh, below is the press release. You know, that's it. And then, um, the title, or I'm sorry, the subject line, of this email to this media contact should be something, should be something eye catching, should be, should be, um, not just, you know, uh, your band name playing such and such a venue. That's boring. <laughs> Come up with something exciting. Like, what do you do? That's exciting. What do people remember from your show? What's, what's, you know, like if you say, um, you know, this band lights stuff on fire on stage, you know, then that, I guarantee you, is going to get at least get opened by this reviewer. They're intrigued by that subject line, and they're going to be like, all right. So the subject line is the title of your press release, and you want it to be exciting and enticing, and you want it, people to open it. So that's the subject. You open it with a couple intro sentences, just, hey, this is who I am, this is what I'm looking for. Then below it, you paste the press release. Now, some people probably think they should create a beautifully looking Uh, press release in Microsoft Word or something like that and export as a PDF. No, do not do that. Don't attach anything to your email. Um, And I can't stress this enough. Do not attach anything to your email. Don't attach a press release. Don't attach a song. Don't attach a photo. If they want something attached, if they want you to send it as an attachment, they'll ask. But nothing is more annoying And this goes across the board in the music industry. Never, never, never send anybody that you're contacting something with an attachment. It clutters up their email box. You're forcing them to, to download something. No one likes downloading anymore. You know, why can't they stream it? Why can't they open it up in a browser and read it? Why, you know, so don't attach anything ever unless they've specifically requested. So when you're, uh, in, in this press release, you're going to paste it right below that, that intro paragraph. And the first paragraph is is the facts is the who, what, where, why, when, how much. So it's your event. It's what it is. You know, that's that's just the facts. They need that right at the top. Then the second paragraph, this is where you can give a little background on your band, uh, your your interesting story. Like what what makes you unique? What's your story? Um, don't don't go into do it too much. I mean, I'm talking like one to two sentences, you know. And, uh, and then your accolades, what are some points that stand out? What, what, you know, how, even the little success that you may have had, what is that? And put that in there because they're going to want to talk about it. But remember, like, this is a press release is objective ish. So, so don't put any superlatives or whatever in in, in the the press release. Um, it's, it's for the most part objective. Sure. You can use a few adjectives here and there. But they know that you wrote it, so don't, don't sound too arrogant here. Um, then the third paragraph is the information about the event. So give the facts there, you know, and, and what makes this event special, uh, what's going on, the information that they would need when they're writing their article. And then the last couple sentences is, is, is you know, your final effort to, to show the reviewer why they should cover your event, your band. Like, why should people come out to, their sh- to your show? And this is for them to, to kind of, you know, you want to win over the reviewer. You want to win over the readers. It's like, this is why you should come. And just so so people understand, um, a lot of times newspapers or blogs will literally copy and paste your press release and paste it into the what's going on around town this week thing. So remember that, I mean this has this has actually happened to me quite a bit where I send a press release out to a, a music editor, I never hear back. I show up in town that week, I open up the newspaper or I go online or something and there's my press release reprinted word for word. And so think about that too. So you're not just the press release isn't just for the music editor, it's also for The, um, the, the potential fan, the audience member, the, the, you know, the customer, the person that you want to get out to your show, um, they could read this, they may read your press release word for word. So think about that when you're crafting it also. Um, and then, oh, before, so actually in between the press release in the body of the email and your opening, your opening paragraph of the couple sentences, you should include a, The the link to your website, a link to uh, if you have a new album out, a link to that, um, a link to your YouTube uh, music video. So so one good video, the best video you want to showcase a link to your Facebook and then also a link to a high res promo photo. So those are all included as links. Reviewers. They like Bandcamp. They like SoundCloud. They want to be able to just listen to your stuff real quickly. If you want, you know, if you're, if you're on an album tour or if you're, uh, if this is a CD release or something like that, sure, include a link to your Bandcamp because then they can just go straight. They don't have to download anything. They can literally just click it from the desk. They can play a few tracks and that gives them a good idea of who you are. But add these links in the body of the email before the press release and after those few, um, first few opening sentences and, uh, and then Find a way to to, um, put your promo photo. This this isn't tough. And most web providers will allow you to do this. Just upload your promo photo and then send a a link to that where they can just click over to the site and they can download it there. So you don't attach anything to the email.
0: All right. And for those who are listening, I will actually put a link to Ari's article about this on the show notes because he has also uh, written an example of press release so that you can really look at that and kind of use it as a starting point. And th- it was very interesting what you talked about. But one point that you rose that I, I found very interesting was your own story. So when you said that you send a press release, you didn't hear anything back. And then when you were in town, you saw the pr- your press release in the paper. So if someone sends a press release and doesn't hear anything back, what should they do? Does it mean that they're not going to get any press coverage the answer is no, because we have heard from your story, but should musicians follow up with an email after a few days if they don't hear anything?
1: So the, what I recommend is sending a press release out about four weeks before your show. Mm-hmm. So that gives you yes, some time to follow up. So I would say if you don't hear back um, in a week, follow up the following week and if you still don't hear back, follow up the following week and then two weeks before the event. And most likely, you know, if if you don't hear back after those two follow ups, then they're probably not going to get in touch with you. They're probably not going to uh, email you or respond to your email. But that doesn't mean you're not going to get press again. Like there's a lot of times where I followed up two or three times and I never heard back. But my press release was then reprinted word for word. So um, definitely. Four weeks is kind of the magic number before the show uh, that you want to send the press release. If it's two months, it's going to go directly to the trash, or mm-hmm. they're just going to like keep it market unread. It's it's way too way too early. If it's a week, it's way too late. They already have everything queued up. So um, you know, four weeks. And, and a lot of times, sometimes I'll send it out four weeks in advance, and the reviewer will get back and I'm like, oh yeah, hit me up on October second or the week of that October second. You know, so I can look at it then. I'm, I'm not working on that week right now. And then, you know, mark it on your calendar and, and then hit them back when they ask you to. So um, before weeks, at least it gives them enough time to think about it. Then they can queue it up. They can put it um, they can you know put it on their calendar. And so they're going to write about it that week. And and it gives you enough time for those follow up emails.
0: Yeah. And it, it's interesting formula. So one month before. And then if you don't hear anything, follow up on a weekly basis. And even if you don't hear anything back at all, still check out the paper or magazine you contacted, because like Ari said, it can still happen that you get press coverage. So it's definitely something great. And, you know, Ari, I want to thank you so much for being here on the podcast, for telling us about how to get press, how to write a press release, what to think about, and also for sharing your story. And if people would like to learn more about you, where can they find you?
1: Um yeah I mean well there's ariestake.com is the blog uh, a lot of articles like this and then my music if you're interested is AriHerstand.com. um and Jan if you want to put a link to that that would be awesome I'll
0: definitely put it in the show notes actually you can you guys gonna find the links of all the resources and and things Ari and I talked about you're gonna find them in the show notes so if you, if you have been taking notes or you have worried that you may, may have missed some link, don't worry, because you're going to find everything in the show notes. And you, you mentioned your music. So, first of all, please tell us where we can find your music. And second of all, do you have something coming up that you can share with us?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, well, actually, my, my new album um, that's out now, uh, you can find it's called Brave Enough. And it's on Bandcamp. It's on iTunes. It's on my website. You can listen to it directly there. Um, and this is special. I mean, if, since we're on the jazz spotlight, uh, Dave King, the drummer, Dave King from the Bad Plus and Happy Apple, uh, he drummed on, on my record. All so, right. so those jazz out there. And yeah, so, um, it was, it was pretty incredible. He's from Minneapolis. He's, he's one of my favorite drummers of all time. And so I was, I was very honored to have him, um, play on my, my album. And it, and it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's, uh, he brings his tape, you know, uh, the reason we brought him in was because we love his drumming and we, you know, my, my songs are more in the rock realm. Um, but we brought him in and said, Hey, do it, you know, do what you do on this. And, and he, he brought some magic and it, and it sounds really incredible. So yeah, definitely take a listen to that. Uh, the brave enough new, new album. Um, and then if you are in the LA area, I'm playing uh, November 22nd. It's a Saturday night um, at the hotel cafe, Uh, I'll have a full band with me. So yeah, come, come check that show
0: out too. Sounds exciting. And I will make sure to send out also a couple of tweets, maybe not a month in advance, (laughs) but I will make sure to give you a shout out. And Ari, again, thank you so much for being on the Jets Potluck podcast. It has been an honor having you here with us today. My pleasure. Thank you very much. All right. We are back. Ari, what can I say? You rocked. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I had a great time and most importantly, thank you for providing value and for sharing some tips on how to write a press release, how to get press, how to grow an email list and, you know, how to promote music more in general. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And guys, before the interview you heard, I mentioned the first of a three part series about gigs and the first was about what to do before you start looking for gigs. And I would like to end this episode by directing you to the second part that is actually about the research. So how to do gig hunting. And you can find it at vjetspotlight.com slash gigs research altogether. You will find that article that I hope is gonna help you in your your quest for getting more gigs. And if you like what you hear you can find all the past episodes of the podcast at thejetspotlercom slash podcast. You can find them all there in one place. I want to thank you again for making me a part of your day or your evening, depending on when you're listening to. And if you are a subscriber of the podcast on places like iTunes and Stitcher, I want to personally thank you for your support. I'm Janilunga. And this is the Jet Spotlight Podcast. Have a great day.